At this point, every information portal is saturated with mindfulness content. But this show is a unique, unusual, curious take on mindfulness. Some of what you hear will be completely new to you. Let's dive in and take a look at the nature of the aware mind. I invite you to deepen your awareness so that you may be liberated and inspired. We are here with Sarah Vallely, mindfulness teacher, coach, and author. Sarah has been teaching meditation and mindfulness for the past two decades, training and certifying others to teach mindfulness. Sarah is the author of four books. Her latest book is titled Tame, Soothe, Dwell, The 55 Teachings of TSD Mindfulness. On today's episode, we talk about mindful eating. We discuss how mindful eating can be helpful with weight management. It can help you eat healthier foods. We also talk about how mindful eating has been very positive in helping people with eating disorders. I'm Jacob Drossett. We are here with Sarah Valley. Mindful eating is paying attention to the movements that our body makes while we're eating, to the sensations, also the emotions and thoughts that come up around food. Mindful eating has a lot to do with the awareness of taste, the awareness of being full, and the awareness of being satisfied. These are actually awarenesses that many of us have become desensitized to, which leads to issues with diet and weight. I have suffered from candida for years. That's issues with yeast in the body. Candida plays with your brain. It can make you think that you're hungry when you're really not because the candida survives off of sugar when it gets sugar, then it can multiply. So it does this weird thing where it makes you think that you're hungry. So it gets sugar. I've gotten to the point where I can differentiate that type of hunger versus real hunger. If I have true hunger, I feel it lower in my abdomen. If it's this kind of candida type hunger, it feels higher in my abdomen. Mindful eating helps us gain more pleasure from eating. It supports us to eat as much as our body needs, and it helps us eat healthier foods. I grew up in a house with a dad and a brother. We always ate very quickly because we were worried we were going to run out. And uh, it created a conditioning around me eating very quickly. When I first met my wife, she kept commenting on how she started eating faster. I would eat so quickly. She would be worried. So it created an anxiety in her. I had read somewhere that eating with chopsticks and putting them down in between bites helped train you to eat slower. So that's a practice that I've still took on is, is I eat with chopsticks every day for lunch and I always set them down in between each. And I had no idea that my conditioning was kind of running my eating habits. It was causing me to be bloated and just eating way too much and eating way too quickly and then being miserable after I would eat, I had no idea though. I had no awareness of that until somebody else brought it up to me. And then once I started changing it, now my digestion's better. I'm less bloated. It's incredible. So you eat your lunch with chopsticks. I want to hear more about this. Like what kinds of foods do you eat with your chopsticks? I typically eat fruit and meat for lunch and some vegetables. I'll eat grapes with chopsticks, eggs, sometimes some greens of some sort. And yeah, I always eat it with chopsticks every day. <laughs> I love that. Something I've learned about you. Yeah. Yeah. So this idea that eating more mindfully supports us to eat as much as our body needs, which also means maybe not overeating. Mindfulness helps because 
we feel more satisfied and full and complete. Maybe we gain more of a feeling of completion when we're more mindful. Mindful eating is the process of becoming more aware and less reactive to distressing thoughts about food. That's a big part of this. Mindful eating helps us become more aware of and less reactive to discomforts about body image and our shape and more aware and less reactive to overwhelming emotions about food. So many thoughts and emotions that are tied into this natural process that we have to do every day to survive. Noom is a a, a quote unquote diet app. The whole app is centered around you becoming aware of your conditioning. So why is it that you eat fast? Why is it that you eat late at night? And it just brings out all these questions. And it literally, all it's doing is bringing mindfulness to your food habits because they're so deeply ingrained in us from when we were children that just taking a little bit to to take stock of why is it that I eat this way? Why is it that I eat this? Why is it that I eat ice cream with every meal? As soon as you bring a little bit of awareness to that, you can then separate from it. Researchers are conducting more studies about mindful eating to address eating disorders because typical eating disorder programs have high dropout rates. And then on top of that, there's so many relapses that people have who are struggling with eating disorders. So they're really putting a lot of effort and probably money into this because this is something that could really make an impact. One of the first things that you can do is notice the shape and the color of the food. So Jacob has, what do you have there, Jacob? I have a red grape. I invite you to look at the shape and the color of it, noticing the texture. What might be a couple words you would use to describe some of that? Well, it's, it's red, but it's more of a kind of like a shirt, like a beige, like brown kind of tint to it, you know, to the, to the redness of it. So more close to brown, it's, I'm now noticing, I've never noticed this about grapes, but it has these tiny little things that kind of appear to be like veins running through it, which is fascinating. It's very, very firm. Awesome. All right. And the next thing I'd like you to do is take a few deep breaths and smell the grape. What does it smell like? I'm not getting a ton of scent from it. Okay. Well, that's mindfulness right there. You're noticing that you're not getting a lot of aroma. From the grape, maybe there's another More of the food. soap on my hands. Yeah, is what I'm smelling. Okay, that's mindful. Not that I have soap on my hands, but I wash my hands prior to this. <laughs> We're not even eating it yet. We're still doing pre-eating mindfulness. What emotions come up before you actually eat it? I'm very curious. I'm excited to eat grapes because they're very sweet. So that's, yeah, I feel excited. And uh, yeah, but I'm very curious to, to do this more often. That's the first thing that comes up that like, oh, I need to do this more. I want to start inspecting all my, my food. (laughs) And you had shared with me that you typically fast until noon and it's before noon. Are there any emotions coming up around that? Like, Oh, I'm eating before. No, it's a great piece of chocolate. I have a little bit more refrain against eating chocolate. I'm going to invite you to put the grape in your mouth, but what I'd like you to do is be very mindful of your mental intention to move your hand and arm to eat the grape. So what that means is, is you're holding the grape. I've invited you to put it into your mouth, but you're not going to actually do anything yet. You're just going to be still 
And you're going to notice if you can pick up on a mental intention to move your hand before you actually move your hand. It's like really slow motion. And then once you've picked up on that mental intention or become mindful of it, then go ahead and move your hand and put the grape in your mouth. I invite you to close your eyes. And while you chew, notice the taste, notice the texture, notice the sensations on your tongue specifically, and don't swallow yet. And notice if there's any thoughts that come up or any emotions, listen to the sound of your chewing. And then again, before you swallow, I want you to do the same thing. Notice the mental intention to swallow before you swallow and then swallow. Uh, There's this great book that I've just read for the second time, The Experience of Insight by Joseph Goldstein. And he says that we have a mental intention before every single voluntary movement, and he includes swallowing as a voluntary movement. And then as you swallow, be mindful of what it feels like going down your throat and then moving into your abdomen. That was fascinating. First off, grapes are a lot more tart than I would have imagined when you really pay attention. Maybe it was just the particular grapes that I have, but that it was a lot more tart. One thing that's fascinating when I bit into the grape, the inside meat of the grape, so to speak, not the skin, but the meat dissolved pretty much instantaneously. And the skin was what was left. So I was chewing on it. And then after all of the inside of the grape was gone, the skin is very, very bitter. I didn't know this at all. And then when I had the intention to swallow, I was like, okay, I'm going to swallow now. My mouth immediately started salivating so much so that like I was trying to hold on. I had to swallow some of the saliva and keep the remnants of the grape in my mouth. This is very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Do you think that that awareness, that subtle awareness will add to your satisfaction level after you're done eating? I mean, do you think those are the kinds of things that help us feel more satisfied? Yeah. One of my favorite places to go and drink in town is actually this natural wine bar. The guy that runs the the wine bar is so good at talking you through the entire process that the grape has went through and how natural wine is different from regular wine and you're having this whole sensory experience, the color, the taste, and the flavor in your mouth. It's this giant rush of these sensations. But the thing is, with a little bit of awareness, you can get that when you eat one grape. I'm a big foodie. I love food and wine and things. And But really, I just like having that that very rich experience. But now I'm realizing I could get that anytime I eat popcorn or whatever. Fascinating. Yeah, I think the inquiry piece is so important to our pleasure in eating or drinking. So being curious about how wine is made, how the grapes are grown, I think that all adds to the pleasure of actually drinking the final product, the wine. If somebody's like, okay, I've got five kids, I'm a single mom, I don't have time to pay attention to every bite of food that I have. There's a certain level of like, I need to get this in. So how could somebody connect with these things in a, in a rush or, 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 or how, how is this, I guess, a sustainable practice for when we eat? I have to say that I think that's more about routine and habit than time. Got it. Right. So, and this is, 
how I look at just a regular sitting meditation practice. People are like, oh, I don't have time, but really what's going on? It's just not part of your routine. And that's a stumbling block for sure is like getting that into your routine. So the way to do that is to start with five minutes, make five minutes a day, whether it's you're having, you're starting your meditation practice, you're sitting meditation practice or you're doing mindful eating, start five minutes a day, then you can move it up to 10 minutes and then maybe 15 minutes. So it's really just about the habit, making it a habit. Isn't it like 21 days of doing something, it becomes a habit. So spend five minutes of mindfulness eating every day for 21 days, get in the habit. I read this study, weight, eating behavior, and psychological outcomes associated with a mindfulness-based intervention for people with obesity. Super interesting. The researchers believe that the subjects have lost the ability to recognize and respond to their own hunger, to the taste, tasting the food, to feeling satisfied, to feeling full. And they believe that a mindfulness practice, specifically a mindful eating practice, will restore these awarenesses and these abilities. And this is this is over and over in this research is this idea that we have lost touch with our own sensation of being full or being hungry and and not eating when we're actually hungry because we've lost our ability to even know when we are hungry and when we're not hungry, right? So what they did is they had six two-hour weekly sessions and then the participants flew solo for another six weeks. The whole study lasted three months. And what they did during the training is they learned a sitting practice, specifically MBSR, mindfulness-based stress reduction, which includes non-judgmental awareness, accepting non-reactivity. And usually with MBSR, they do body scans. They also did yoga. They did walking meditation And they learned some general information about diet and exercise and nutrition. They were asked to increase their exercise 5 to 10%. Not a lot, just up it a little bit. And this I find the most fascinating. During each of these sessions, they ate together. So they ate mindfully together, probably guided by the instructor. Their average weight decrease was 9 pounds over the three months. What do you think, Jacob? Is that like average for a diet? It depends on the person's total mass. I'm always very skeptical of just pounds lost. Like, cause everyone was weight training. It's very possible to gain two pounds of three pounds of muscle. I mean, you know, if your goal is to lose weight, if you lose nine pounds, that's a win is my, my book. I will say it sounds like a very healthy amount of weight to lose. That's just right about a pound a week, right? Or no, three, three months, 0.75 pound a week. That's about what you want to lose. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It seemed like a healthy amount. It's not like a drastic amount. And it's sustained. So they did this on their own for six weeks without wow. any support. That's huge. That's insane. That right there is amazing. So it makes me wonder if they keep it up, then maybe they'll lose another nine pounds the next three months and just really lose that weight in a really healthy way. Their average BMI decreased by three pounds. What does BMI stand for? Body mass index. My BMI is poor because of my muscle mass. I'm considered obese on the BMI scale. 
if you haven't seen Jacob, he's in great shape. Like he's yeah. not overweight in, by yeah. any means. So yeah. So the their mindfulness increased by 15%, which compared to some of these other wins that I'm going to go over is very minimal. But I think it's interesting because it shows that you don't need to become this like super, super mindful person, be this expert at mindfulness. They only increase their mindfulness by 15%. And they have all, yeah. That's a good perspective on that. Real quick. How do they measure mindfulness? They use the Kentucky inventory of mindfulness skills. (laughs) I don't know what the questions were on there, but I'm looking this up. after (laughs) I imagine it was something about their ability to be aware of their thoughts, their emotions, observing things. They might've put a picture up there for 30 seconds and brought it away and said, how much of the picture do you remember? Their hunger reduced by 40%. Wow. Three months, hunger reduced by 40%. Binge eating reduced by 56%. See, now these metrics are the ones that I'm interested in. This is the ones that matter. Yeah. Because, you know, if you lost nine pounds in 12 weeks, there's a lot that goes into that. But if your hunger and your binging goes down, that means you have sustained ability. That means that you're on the path of, of healing that. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the important part. Depression decreased by 38%. Also wow. super important because depression and issues with weight go hand in hand. Their physical health increased by 38%. Wow. And cognitive restraint increased by 57%. And they didn't exactly explain what cognitive restraint meant, but what I'm guessing it means is they were more careful about the thoughts that they thought, like the thought, I'm fat. They probably were taught to be mindful of that and rate themselves from that. I read this other case study that I just found fascinating. It was a story about a 19-year-old girl with anorexia. She was asked to keep a journal of her food intake, her thoughts that came up. She noted her emotions around food, her perceptions of her body, her feelings of being hungry. She literally wrote down at 10 a.m. on Saturday, I noticed I had feelings of hunger. She also logged feelings of being full and satisfied. 12.30 on Sunday, I ate this and I felt satisfied afterwards. Because of what she learned about mindfulness, she was able to make connections between her thoughts and emotions and her actions around eating, her behaviors around eating. And she labeled her unhealthy thoughts around eating as eating disorder thoughts. And she said, oh, that's another eating disorder thought. I don't need to buy into that. And some of them were, I'm fat, this food is bad. And so when she noticed these quote eating disorder thoughts, she used self-compassion by saying things like, that is just my eating disorder thinking, that is just my eating disorder talking, or that was a very painful thought. Just validating herself that that was hard. I do understand that people have such a difficult time talking about food with people is like talking about money. It's very, very, very charged and, you know, and shame ridden and it's very difficult and it's very hard to get people to change their behavior and be interested enough to change their behavior. You gave that amazing advice, five minutes a day, 21 days to spend time thinking about this. I'm the kind of person though, that would be like, I don't need to do that. 
Do you have any advice for people on the daily, just the smallest little intention, the smallest little thing practice for them to add in to their eating if they're reluctant to take on any, any kind of practice? I think looking at the food, that was just odd enough to look at your food before you eat it to wake you up a little bit. I would say taking a moment, a pause to really look at your food before you eat it is a gateway into this mindful eating. Because if you look at it and you become curious about the shapes and colors, and you're probably naturally just going to spend more time noticing what it tastes like and feels like in your mouth, it's a natural next progression. So that, that would be my advice as far as just something easy to just start out right away is take a look at your food before you eat it. Not just the first bite, a few bites, look at it. Something that would be a little bit deeper to look at is if you are eating a food that isn't good for you, or if you're eating at a time that isn't good for you, usually what it is, is you're eating a food that's not good for you at a time that's not good for you. If that's happening, take a pause and use some curiosity, some inquiry to take a look at why is that happening? Is it out of habit? Is it out of boredom? Is it coming from sadness, loneliness? What's at the root of that cycle for you in that moment? Let's say it's sadness. Let's say something happened. It's disappointing. Your natural tendency is to go grab for the bag of chips. What if you just took a moment to consider the sadness and give yourself some compassion? Say, you know, it's understandable that I'm sad in this moment. What happened was sad. And even though I'm experiencing this, I'm loved, I'm worthy of that love, I'm connected. This sadness, this circumstance in no way disconnects me from other people in my life and on this planet. It actually brings me closer. If you like our podcast, you'd like to help out a way that you can help us out with the podcast algorithm, go to our page. So if you just search the Aware Mind wherever you get your podcasts, and I'm in Apple Podcasts for reference right now. Scroll all the way to the bottom where you see reviews. You can see write a review. And on Apple Podcasts, it's right above the about information section. So you just click write a review. Please leave us a review. If you feel so motivated, we would love it. It really, really helps us out. And if you'd like to hear more episodes, this is the best way that you can help us do that. The Aware Mind Podcast is a TSD Mindfulness production. Please visit our website at tsdmind.org. That is T as in tame, S as in soothe, and D as in dwell. Mind as in mindfulness.org. Check out our blog post for this episode with links to supplemental information such as worksheets you can use to put into practice the mindfulness skills shared in this episode. Also, please sign up for our newsletter and receive mindfulness tips. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at aware underscore mind underscore podcast. Thank you.